Thank you for downloading this Downtown Hope Sermon Podcast. We're a faith-based community in the city of Annapolis, Maryland, orienting our lives around Jesus and exist to see the people of our city, region, and world thrive with the hope found in His gospel. Now, please enjoy the Sermon Podcast. Again, what a joy it is for us to uh, gather this morning. Um, on this third Sunday in Advent, our, our hope, um, especially coming off the heels of the book of Revelation, where it ends on this invitation, even so, Lord Jesus, come. Um, we wanted to spend four weeks um, in Advent focusing on that reality. There's an invitation. Uh, there is a story of hope that is found in the scriptures. And so as a church family, we wanted to join the body of believers around the world and hone in <coughs> in this Advent season on hope. Uh, this uh, past summer, Sandra and I, uh, we had uh, an opportunity to travel to Arizona, uh, which was fun. Anyone been to Arizona? We've talked about this before. Very hot place. Uh, I thought Atlanta was hot, and then I went to the desert, and there's no joke out there. And I remember we, we were staying in Phoenix, and we had uh, did an excursion, if you will, uh, to the Grand Canyon. Um, and our tour guide, as we're driving, she's driving us through different places. She took us deep into the desert, and she told us that in the desert, that she warned us that we might hit dead zones, if you will, where your cell phone will no longer work, right? So in these dead zones, there in the middle of the desert in Arizona, and my cell phone's not working, and I'm wondering, if something happens, who's going to help me? And as we jump into the scriptures this morning, I believe that is the question that so many people ask, who will save me? If it's a desert, I want to suggest to you that metaphorically, when we talk about the deserts in our lives or the desert seasons we experience, it's when we experience a wide gap between what we know about God and what we experience of God. And so we, we know that God is loving. We know that he's faithful, that he's righteous, that he's a God of many wonders, that he's able. But in the desert, it feels as though God is so far away. <laughs> and for the people of Israel, it wasn't a desert. It was the wilderness. It was a dry land. And what Isaiah is trying to do is point them to the good news that God is going to do something to meet them in the depths of their wilderness. And as always, what the scriptures teach us is that God has the ability to lead us out of the desert into flourishing springs. So I believe Isaiah chapter 35 best captures this truth. And here's the truth that God will save towards Christmas, towards the incarnation. Friends, whatever you're going through in life, know that God will save. Do not lose hope. So I want to read Isaiah chapter 35. It's only 10 verses, the entire chapter. It'll be on the screen behind. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open up, whether it's on your cell phones. And if you do not have a Bible, there are Bibles on the tables throughout the space. Uh, take one. It's our gift to you as I read Isaiah 35, it says this, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundant, rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. 
Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. The feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth into the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sands pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord, verse 10, shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. Thank you. You are able, even when uh, circumstances or our situations, even when we don't believe, you remain faithful. And so, Lord, as we search the scriptures this morning, point us to Jesus, point us to life, point us to abundant life, and may we be encouraged by the new life that is in Christ Jesus. Praising his name. Amen. As we live our lives, or as I live my life, one of the things I notice is that when things aren't working out in life, when, when things aren't going the way I think they should be, I have a tendency to treat God as unreliable, aren't going the way I expect, and so I, I begin to believe in my mind, maybe God is not as reliable, and so people begin to look to other saviors for reassurance. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a habit. There's, there's certain things we do hoping that if I do this, it will make my life better. You see, salvation, I like to suggest to you, is what we're always looking for, even in the wrong places. But true salvation is simply God entering into our lives with his grace to meet our needs. And in Isaiah's prophecy, he's urging us, he's urging the people of that day to see God as a faithful Savior. Isaiah wants us to know that we do not have to lose hope because God will save. And he shares this with, by, 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 by I'd like to suggest you two things, a vision of beauty and a vision of a strengthened community. What do I mean by a vision of beauty? I'd like to suggest you that God starts his redemptive work in the desert. See, Isaiah 35 describes a rapid and lush spring-like flourishing garden. There's flowers growing. There's rejoicing. There's singing. It's a radical transformation of desert waste into a garden paradise. We saw it in the first two verses of our reading. It says, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. I mean, reading this passage, you see, the de you see wilderness. You see dry land. You see a desert. And it is radically transformed into gladness 
blossoming abundantly, rejoicing with joy and, and, and singing. And Isaiah is speaking of a physical desert being transformed, using terms that we can feel. I believe what Isaiah is saying is this is what it feels like when God is on the move. He changes the desert into a garden. And so in our lives, we might be navigating great challenges. We might be navigating difficulties. We're wondering. And Isaiah wants us to know that this is what it feels like when God is on the move. There's rejoicing, there's singing, there's celebration. But did you notice who's rejoicing? Did you notice who is singing? Creation itself is actually rejoicing. The once parched land, the, the once barren wilderness begins the parade praise. Trees, rivers, mountains joyously celebrating because God is on the move. Friends, creation itself responds when God is on the move. And this is what we desire to see in the cities we live in, in our neighborhoods. We want to see the environments we are in impacted by the truth of Jesus. In fact, this is what I saw in Cuba. I was just there uh, last week, and I was first there in 2019, and, and seeing the transformation that has occurred in the past few years is mind-blowing. Talking to the pastors there, they are doing things in terms of serving the community and be a, being a blessing uh, to its country. When God is on the move, things begin to change. We see this in this passage. He's talking about the beauty of what's taking place. But friends, it's not the trees. It's not the mountains. It's not creation where the absolute beauty is found. We got to see more than the beauty of creation. We must see the glory and splendor of our creator. And Isaiah says nothing will hinder our eyes from seeing the full display of the glory of the Lord. We shall see his glory and his majesty. And friends, that is absolutely good news, right? To, to, to know that a day is coming where we'll see the absolute God, to see his beauty. And as we see his beauty, it's not just the people that celebrate, but creation itself celebrates. And we know Jesus speaks about that, right? So even if we say nothing, Jesus says the rocks themselves will raise up in praise to God. But I, I wonder as we think about that reality of what is to come, as we look ahead, to that day. Maybe in our lives we don't feel the blossoming. Maybe in our lives it feels like barrenness. And so all this talk, all this talk about a beautiful vision, it sounds great, but when I put the mirror and look into it, it doesn't feel like that. Is that example taking place in my own life? I wonder, is that actually true? And so not only does Isaiah give us a beautiful vision, he gives us a vision of a strengthened community. You see, God begins his work of redemption in the wilderness, but God sends his people to be an encouragement to one another. You see that in verses 3 and 4. It says, strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong. Fear not, behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. This passage talks about God being on the move. Dry land talks about a desert. Words that are also speaking to a crisis. 
And so God is on the move in the most least likely of places, in those places of crisis, in those times and circumstances where it seems like there is no way out. So maybe you're here and maybe your crisis is the death of someone you love. Or or maybe our crisis is the loss of a job. Maybe our crisis is about with poor health. We've been battling for years, wondering how long. Maybe our crisis is a long stretch of emotional challenges. Maybe maybe our crisis is deep depression. Maybe our crisis is is a season of conflict within our home, argument after argument after argument. Or maybe it's our place of work. Maybe our crisis is in our neighborhoods. Well, here's what I know. If, you, if you're in a crisis long enough, it may make your heart bitter. And in making your heart bitter, it might make your hands weak. You have no desire to do anything. Your hands are weak. Your knees are feeble. Your heart may be filled with anxiety. And so that's where you find yourself this morning. Do you see the encouragement that Isaiah is saying, we must minister encouragement to each other. We must look each other in the face and say, be strong. We must look at those that are discouraged and say, do not fear. We, We must speak to those whose hearts are filled with anxiety and point them to God. Friends, that is the beautiful opportunity we have as a church family that we can share the pains of our lives and we can be encouraged by one another. As far as, can I just encourage you to do that? So as a church, like we, we come, that's why I love the passing of the peace. You get to interact with one another, but, but don't let it just be that. Don't let it just be a high, a bye, and then you go your way. Become friends. And so that, that's your assignment. You, you, if you're taking notes, uh, application number one, make friends at Downtown Hope. Get names, phone numbers. Let's share life together. Let's be an encouragement so that if I'm going through a difficult season, if I'm going through challenges, if my knees are feeble, if my hands are weak, if my heart is filled with anxiety, I know that I have brothers and sisters that can be an encouragement to me, that they can look me in the face and say, David, be strong. Fear not. And this, this happens. This week, I was, I had come, we had come back from Cuba on Monday, and we hit the ground running at work. Tuesday, Wednesday, th- it was overwhelming. You open your email box, and it's like, who gave you permission to email me? It's like, ah. And it, it, it feels so overwhelming, and it's, it's, it's the friends that reach out and offer words of encouragement. Friends, we have an opportunity to do that as a church family. Again, it may not be with everybody, but just if you could find a few and be an encouragement, we shared this at the first gathering about being an encouragement to one another, and there was a couple here, and they were convicted by the Lord. And so after this gathering, they have uh, family members that live within walking distance. So they said they're going to, they took a Bible, they're going to go to their, friend, their uh, family's house, knock on the door, and just encourage them. That's what happened within the past hour. So is there someone you can, that you can just encourage Maybe you're not the encourager. Maybe you're the one that needs encouragement. Can I give you permission to just share with someone else? Hey, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. Would you pray for me? Would you encourage me? Can we grab a cup of coffee together? Can we, can we just share life so that I don't have to navigate this by myself? Can, can we just do that? I think sometimes so many of us end up suffering by, in, in isolation. 
And the scripture says there's a beautiful vision of God doing a work in the desert. There's a beautiful picture of a community encouraging one another. That we might speak these words of encouragement, but the greatest encouragement in this passage is what Isaiah says at the end of verse 4, that your God will come and save you. Friends, that is the good news we have this morning, that your God, our God, will come and save us. Isn't that what Advent is all about? Isn't it about God showing up? Can I just say that to you this morning? God is going to show up. For Israel, in the depths of wilderness, in the depths of wandering, we see this after the Exodus, we see this in Babylonian captivity, and Isaiah comes on the scene to encourage them to say, our God is on the move. Don't lose. He will come and save you. And 2,000 years ago, they saw that promise fulfilled. And so today we look back at that and with great anticipation and hope we look forward to the coming of Jesus knowing that he will come and save us. And so the crisis of life that we go through, the desert seasons of life that weigh us down, friends, our God will come and save. That's Jesus. That's what Jesus does. He shows up. He will come and save you. And so maybe you're here and you're you're new to this conversation about Jesus and not sure what to do. Maybe you've been running around looking for saviors, looking to things, addictions, looking to various practices. I want to say to you that Jesus is here to save. And so so what do we do with this? We, We see this beautiful vision of God transforming a desert into a flourishing garden. We see this community coming together to be an encouragement in the midst of this desert season offering words of hope. What do we do? We respond to the grace of Jesus by joyfully praising him. We see this in verse 10. It says, And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. Amen. That at the promise of God is that in him, All the things that weigh us down, his presence will cause him to flee that we might see him and rejoice. Growing up, I remember uh, in elementary school, which more and more feels like a very long, long, long time ago. Just feels like, I'm just feeling like, wow, I was, man, it's a long time ago. So, say again? You say what? Thank you. It was a long time ago. And uh, we, we would sing songs in school. Um, and some of those songs uh, began to shape worldview, right? And so the song I remember singing, maybe you've heard it. If you're happy and you know it, what are you supposed to do? They, see? There you go. You're just already clapping. Just if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, right? If you're happy and you know it, what? Clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then you really ought to show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, right? And so... At the core, maybe not you, at the core of our lives, if we're on, we just want to be happy, right? We we, we enter into things with it, whether it's our our marriages, we we move to new states, new cities, new neighborhoods, we take on jobs, and and, and at its core, there's this element within us that, man, I just want to be happy. But all our lives, as we age, as we grow up, it seems like something tends to come and spoil it. 
Friends, God is saying in this passage, trust me enough to follow. The scriptures are saying, even when things come and spoil, when it feels like you're in the desert, trust God enough to follow him and God will bring you home with singing. What he says in response to his move on the earth, God promises to overwhelm us with joy. I want to invite our band back up. God's promise to us is to overwhelm us with joy. Friends, God is on the move. This Advent season, reflect on that reality. The promise is found in Scripture. He is on the move. Do not lose hope. The promise of Scripture is that he will come and save. And so we have an opportunity just to commit that into his hands. And so I want to give us pause just to spend time reflecting. And so I want to just challenge you just to reflect uh, with a few moments that we have and, and just think about this, one, one of two things, or maybe both. Who in your circle of influence, your sphere of influence, can you be an encouragement? As you're praying, as you're reflecting, maybe the Lord might put someone on your heart that you can, this week, today, like it was for the brother and sister this morning, maybe you can Today, uh, give them a call, go visit, and just offer words of encouragement. Be strong. Do not fear. Your anxious heart, God, is your God will come and save. Um, And secondly, maybe you're the one that needs encouragement. So I want to invite you as you reflect to just who might the Lord send you to to say, man, I'm hurting, I'm struggling. Can we get together? Can, Can I just share what I'm going through? Can I count on you to be praying with me to be an encouragement to me. And so we got a few moments and allow you to ask the Lord who it is you can encourage or who you might be encouraged by. So, Father, we pray now that the truth of these words would so resonate in our hearts. Your God, our God, will come and save. So if we find ourselves in the middle of the uh, the desert, if you will, in proverbial dead zone with no connection to anything, and it feels like we're all alone, may the truth that you will come and save us resonate in our hearts this morning that we might share with others and encourage them or that we might be encouraged by others. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Each week we have the wonderful gift.